This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. The year is 1944. Now, I thought it might be kind of interesting to take a peek at some of the headlines that were on the pages of newspapers that year since our first show, Suspense, was aired in 1944. A lot of, of course, the news will be regarding the war, but there were other items I think you'll find interesting, too. For instance, on January 18th of 1944, the Metropolitan Opera House in New York City hosts a jazz concert for the very first time. Performers were Louis Armstrong, Benny Goodman, Lionel Hampton, Artie Shaw, Roy Eldridge, and Jack Teagarden. On February 20th of 1944, Batman and Robin comic strip premieres in newspapers. Now, here's a weird one. On March 18th, 2,500 women trample guards and floor walkers to purchase 1,500 alarm clocks announced for sale in a Chicago, Illinois department store. Wow, <laughs> those must have been some special clocks, huh? March 22nd of 44, American movie star Jimmy Stewart flies his 12th combat mission, leading the second bomb wing in an attack on Berlin. Talk about lucky. On March 25th, RAF Flight Sergeant Nicholas Alcamede survives a jump from his Lancaster bomber from 18,000 feet over Germany without a parachute. His fall was broken by pine trees and soft snow, and he suffered only a sprained leg. Wow, what luck. March 4th of 44, first U.S. bombing of Berlin. On March the 30th, 781 British bombers attacked Nuremberg, so the war is heading in the right direction. On April the 3rd, uh, pardon me, April 13th of 1944, in the Stanley Cup, Montreal Canadiens sweep the Chicago Blackhawks in four games. April 14th, General Eisenhower becomes the Supreme Allied Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force. On April 24th of 1944, Double Indemnity, directed by Billy Wilder and starring Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck, is released. On May 3rd, Meet Me in St. Louis opened on Broadway. And still with entertainment, Going My Way on that same day, May 3rd, directed by Leo McGarry and starring Bing Crosby, Premieres in New York. It won the best picture in 1945. June 4th of 1944, the Fifth Army enters and liberates Rome from Mussolini's fascist armies. Uh, that is fascist armies. June 6th, baseball cancels all games honoring the D-Day invasion. June 20th, Nazis begin mass extermination of Jews at Auschwitz. June 25 of 1944, World War II Operation Spring, one of Canada's bloodiest days, 18,444 casualties and 5,021 killed. August the 3rd of 1944, Tommy Brown, just 16 years and 8 months old, plays shortstop for the Dodgers. 
April 4th, Anne Frank arrested in Amsterdam by German security police following a tip-off from an informer who was never identified. October 8th, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet had their debut on CBS Radio. 1944, November 29, John Hopkins uh, Hospital performs the first open-heart surgery. And uh, wrapping up 1944 with a look at December 28th, Leonard Bernstein's musical On the Town premieres in New York City. And on radio, suspense was sending chills up and down the spines of listeners everywhere. Roma Wines present Suspense. Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salud. Your health, senor. Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you as stars an old friend of these proceedings, Mr. Peter Lorre, and a newcomer, Mr. Richard Conte. For their appearance tonight, Joe Eisinger has written an original suspense play with sporting blood in its veins, and in which death has a ringside seat. Title with apologies to Mr. Steinbeck is of Maestro and Man. And so, with the performance of Peter Laurie as the Maestro and of Richard Conti as the Man, we again hope to keep you in suspense. Feet like a flyweight. Yeah, fine boy to have in your stable. 
I don't have what you call a stable, Mr. Cripp. <laughs> Ricky Martin is all I've got. Uh, all my life I dreamed of having a boy like Ricky Martin. Not for the money, not for what he'd bring just to own him. Like a fast horse carrying your colors. He leaves them all behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be willing to trade you any three of my boys for Ricky Martin. Well, <laughs> that's very generous of you, Mr. Cripp, but I, I don't no, think... I, I don't think you would well, you're a lucky man, Maestro, finding a boy like that. Yes, I am. I sometimes wonder how you did it. You haven't been in the fight game long in this town. I remember the first time I see you and your boy hanging around the garden. Yes, that's but... right. The fighting profession is still a little little strange to me. You see, all my life I've been, a, well, an impresario, you might say. In Paris, in Brussels, Vienna, ballet, opera, plays. <laughs> and when I came to this country and found Ricky, I... Well, I could see that here was a... Yeah, you could see, all right. Cigar? Thank you. There you are. I always say there's nothing like a good cigar to promote good feeling in the business talk. Business talk? What do you mean? A little matter of 32G. Oh. 17 you dropped last week and 15 tonight. <laughs> yes, my, my luck has been a little bit of... You know, that's a very impressive signature you've got, Maestro. Like a... Professor or something. All those curls and loops, very impressive. Looks like a million bucks on these tabs. I'm sure it's good for 32G. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. Well, if, if that's all, Mr. Cripp, uh... That's all, Maestro. Well, then, uh, good night, Mr. Cripp. Just a minute, my friend. You're leaving something behind. What? Your IOUs. Hmm. I don't understand. I figure I got enough of your paper. I want my money now. I can't. I, I, then I haven't... get it. I must have time. I run a cash business. But you gave me credit. You got assets. What? Ricky Martin. No. Then pay. No. I won't let you steal him from me. He's mine. Do you hear me? He's mine. I found him. I built him. And you can't steal him from me. I want that boy. No. I love him like a brother. Not your swindle him on every fight. I won't give him up. Then you'll pay my collector's 32G. <laughs> but it's a gambling debt you can't collect. My collectors don't carry a summons. A barrel and 50 pounds of cement. All right, Mr. Cripp. You leave me no arguments. And you have added greatly to my education. <laughs> I don't think there's much I can teach you, Maestro. Only this time I'm out in front. I'll show you I'm a generous man. Honest John Cripp. Run an honest game and I make a square deal. 50G for the boy. 32 in tabs, 18 in cash. No beefs later. Thank you. I was sure you'd be sensible about this, Maestro. I had the contract drawn up. Just put that impressive signature on the dotted line. May I use your pen? Sure. Thank you. There you are, Mr. Cripp. Ricky Martin now belongs to me. Mm-hmm. Your pen writes very easily. You can keep it part of the deal. Thank you. I shall treasure it as the most expensive pen in the world. How soon will Ricky be back in town? Mm-hmm. I expect him in my office tomorrow. Good. You'll tell him he now belongs to honest John Cripp. Yes, I'll tell him. You know, Mr. Cripp, I, I don't think Ricky Martin is going to like being owned by you. <laughs> You just leave that worry to me, Maestro. I have a way of making people like me. <laughs> Even if it kills them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you the play called Of Maestro and Man. You have heard Peter Laurie in the prologue to this study in suspense. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Peter Laurie as the maestro and Richard Conti as Ricky Martin in Of Maestro and Man. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Say, Ricky hadn't come yet? Huh? Oh, oh no, boss. Uh, I've been sitting here in your office like you told me, but he ain't come and he ain't called. I don't understand it. I can't. His train arrived two hours ago and... Hello. Hello, Maestro. Sam. Ricky, where have you... Oh. Maestro, this is Lynn Carter. How do you do? How do you do, Miss Carter? And this is Sam Lynn. He was my trainer. Hello. Ricky has told me so much about you during the past two weeks that I feel like... Yeah, you know how it is, Maestro. Out on the lake at night, the guy gets the rambling and... I found it all very colorful. Ricky, there's something I must tell you. If if Miss Carter will excuse us for it. But there's something I must tell you, Maestro. Hmm? It... It's about Lynn and me. Uh, you see, we... What is it, Ricky? Well, Lynn and me, we're... We're gonna be married. Married? What? Yeah, we... We just, well... When I met Lynn, I... I don't know how to tell you this, Maestro. You know how I feel about you. Ricky. But... Ricky, what are you trying to say? It's... Tell me. It's just that I... Ricky is trying to tell you, Maestro, that he's quitting the ring. Ricky's quitting the ring. Ricky quit? I must, Maestro. I'm going away with Lynn to South America. Her father owns a... He wants us to live down there. I'm I'm going to wait for him. But, Ricky... <laughs> Ricky, you can't. Not now. I, I I'm just... I'm sorry, Maestro, but don't make it tougher for me. You know I always wanted to quit. Always uh-huh. hated it. Now I have a good reason. We're taking the plane to Rio tonight. But you can't, Ricky. You can't run out of me like this. I don't figure I'm running out on anybody. But you don't know what's happened, Ricky. You, you can't quit. I, I sold you. What? To Crip. The Crip? To that? Why didn't you ask me first? I, I couldn't, Ricky. I had Buying to. and selling me so much beef on the hook for so much a pound. But, but you know... Buy me and sell me until I can't take any more punishment and there's no buyer. Ricky. That's why I'm getting out. Lynn was right. Two, three years in the Crip stable. I'm a punching bag to the new boys. A gibbering idiot like poor Sam here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. I just... Don't call me. I'll kill you. Shut up, Sam. So Lynn was right, huh? I knew it was her fault. I knew it the minute she walked in here, smelling of her perfume. Yes, it's all your fault. Why didn't you leave him alone? Maestro. He's different from you. He's not your... No, no. You like the way he looked in the sun, in trunks, huh? These muscles and that beautiful body. You you just had to have him. You had to bring him back to show us to your friends, huh? Great catch, you you scheming, conniving, five cent. Ricky, no! Sam, stop him, you'll kill him! Ricky! Ricky, Ricky! Ricky! Ricky, he's talking! All right. I'm all right now. Oh, Ricky! I should have killed him for that. Come on, let's get out of here. Boys. You all right, boys? Yes, sir. 
Well, he'll like to kill you, then. Hey, your face is a funny color. Jim. Help me to the car, Jim. Sure, boy. Sure. Hey. Are you all right now, boys? Yes, sir. I'm all right now, Sam. You're a good boy, Sam. Sure. Sure, Sam's a good boy, Sam. Sam's no rat, but Ricky's a rat. Huh, boss? Ricky's a rat. Sam, we... We must do something. Sam. Oh, sure, boss. That Ricky is a rat. He, he called me a, a idiot. I'll, I'll kill him, boss. Sam's a good boy. Yeah. He, he don't like for, for Ricky to do the boss no hate. I'll, no. I'll kill him. No, 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 Sam. Uh, Please, you must not get excited, Sam. Uh, you must think. Uh, sure, boys. Uh, let, let's think. Uh, your lip is, is, is all with bleed. Yes, you are a good boy. He called you an idiot, yes, but you're a good boy, uh, Sam. I like when you pat me on the head like that, boy. We have a problem, Sam. Mr. Cripp must not hear about Ricky quitting. Ricky quitting, boys? Something happened to Ricky. An accident. They happen every day, Sam. Oh, sure. Accidents happen. Well, when I was a little boy, a trip... It's a tragic thing, Mr. Cripp. Fine boy like that. You're a boy, Mr. Cripp. You're a $50,000 boy, Mr. Cripp. It's a tragic thing, huh? Yes. Tragic finale to a promising career. Oh, yeah, boys. That would be some tragic, some some finale. It must huh? be an accident, huh? Sam. Mr. Cripp must never be able to say. Do you understand that, Sam? Oh, sure, but when I was a little Sam, boy, I... Yeah, boys? Sam, in Langton's gym. You know what a main steam valve for the steam room is? What, boys? The valve, Sam. The one that lets the live steam into the steam room. The, the, oh, oh, sure, but the, the, the gadget that the guy turns off and on the steam, wait, huh? That's right, Oh, sure, but uh, it's under the stairs in the basement mm. on the other side of the gym. Right. You, you know, on the side where, where yes, the pipe Sam, is. Yes, yes. Do you think you could get under the stairs into the basement? Oh, sure. Nobody cares if I go to the basement. Mm. Sometimes I go, go there. Yes, Sam. And do you think you could open the valve as wide as it'll go? Open the... For all the steam to go fast into the steam room? Yes, Sam. Oh, boy, that's so hot, all that steam, boys. Hey, hey, you can't stay in there all that hot. Did you was up the gym when when poor Sharky got all the hot because the the valve broke and the door was stuck? Did you was there when they brung him out? Boy, that was some looking dead jockey, all right, all right. Yes, Sam, a very tragic accident. Some tragic, all right, boy. Sam, come here. Take my watch. Can you read the time? Well, sure. What do you think? I'm a dumb... The the little hand is on a two, Mm -hmm. and the big hand is on a a six. That's right. And that means uh, uh, half past two, no? That's right, Sam. Now, look. When the little hand will be on a five, you see it? And a big hand on a 12 here. Yeah. It'll be... At f- 5 o'clock. That's I... right. Yeah, you see, I'm no dumb 5 o'clock. And at 5 o'clock, Sam, you must be in the basement at Langton's gym by the steam valve. And exactly 5 o'clock, Sam, you'll open the valve all the way. Uh, for all the hot? Yes, Sam, all the hot. Oh, but you can't stay in... Uh, the Joe was up the gym when shot. I won't be in the steam room, Sam. 
much rich he will. Alone. Ricky Martin's apartment, please. One moment, please. Hello? Ricky? Hello, Ricky. This what do you want? <laughs> Ricky, uh, please, I, I, I don't know how to begin, but you've, you've got... I, I've got to see you. There is so much I want to say to I'm you. I'm sorry, my strong Look, I... Ricky, please, just for a few minutes, please, Ricky. Look, look meet me at Langton's gymnasium, huh? Uh, uh, look, you have all... You have all your old boxing things there well, I, in the I... locker room. I, I want you to give them to me. I, I want to keep them, Ricky, as a, as a souvenir. Well, okay, Maestro, just for a few minutes, though. I have to meet Linda at the airport at six. Oh, thank you, Ricky. Forget it. Meet you at Langton's in a half an hour. Fine. Goodbye, Ricky. You'll come. Ricky? Uh, and you'll get him in the steam room? Yes, Sam. Mm. Yes. I'll get him into the steam room. And I'll sit there with him and talk to him. And talk to him about this and about that. The steam thick around us. Hiding us from each other. When I begin to feel the live heat, Sam, at five o'clock, Sam, at five o'clock, I'll be talking about old times as I quietly slip out of the room, and he'll be sitting there alone, thinking of old times, not knowing I'm gone and that he's alone, until it is too late. He will hear the sudden rush of steam and feel the scalding heat. And he'll run to the door, but it will not open. And he'll pound and scream in agony, but the door will stick. And each scream will draw burning steam into his lungs. And then they'll find him. But it'll be too late. Too late. It will be too late. Hello, Ricky. Hello. <laughs> I'm so glad you came. See, I was just going to take my steam bath. I had to wait until Lynn called me. I oh, yeah. told her to meet us at the airport at oh, 6. Oh, good, good, good. Come, Ricky, let's go to the locker room, huh? Uh, <laughs> look, here is your old locker, Ricky. You have the key? Yes. Here, you open it. Oh, thank you. Uh, but first, Ricky, please, I, I want to tell you how I feel, how I've been so miserable because... You should have killed me, Ricky. Maestro. Yes, Ricky. You, I, I, I deserved it. But you see, I wasn't myself. You know that. Let's forget it, Maestro. Go ahead, open the locker. All right, thank you. See? Look. <laughs> your punching bag. Look, your trunks. Your gloves. And here, look here, Ricky. This pair. This pair you wore the night you beat Kit for him. Wasn't that a fight, Ricky? How can we ever forget the third round? Remember what the newspaper said? Every word is burned into my memory. Last night, a new star of the ring was born. Ricky Martin. Sensational new welcome. Cut it, Maestro. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Ricky. I, I know how you feel. Ricky. Ricky, are you sure? Isn't there one chance that you'll change your mind? No, Maestro. Not a prayer. What time is it? 
It's only about quarter to five. Come on, Ricky, don't you? Don't you want to have your last team with the old maestro? Mm-hmm. Well, I... No, come. Well, okay, but remember, old maestro, five mm. o'clock's my deadline. Oh, well, Ricky, that I guarantee you. Say, who's around at this time of the day? Huh? Oh, yo. Sam, I, I wanted to tell you how sorry I am. Oh, I... sure, so I'm sorry, all right. Call me a... Put on the boss a slug. Come on, get back. Oh, boy. Sure gonna be some hot sorry, all right. Sam, stop mumbling. Get going. Some hot, tragic finale, all right. Get going. Poor guy. See, Maestro, that's why I'm getting out now. I don't want to look like that in five years. Here's your towel, Ricky. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm ready. How much time we got? Well, it's just a couple of minutes before five. It's time for a quick steam and a shower, and, and then we meet Lynn. Huh? Okay. Ah, good old steam room. You really got that steam up today. Yeah. So you can't see your hand in front of you. Yeah, but it's good for you. <laughs> Come on here. Feel your way over here, Ricky. Come sit here with me on a second chair. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Just keep your head down and your eyes closed and relax like me. Yes. Mm, this feels fine. Yes. We'll begin to feel even better later. Tell me, Ricky. Tell me how you met Lynn. Well, she was staying at the same hotel with her mother and father. He came up on business. A right guy, Maestro. You'd like him. Yes, I'm sure I would. One night I just found myself dancing with her. I don't know yet how it happened. But there we were. And after that, well, it seemed like there was nobody else in the world but we two. I don't know, Maestro, but, but suddenly I realized that what I wanted most in the world was right there. Something I I can't remember having. Something I wanted all the time and with all my heart. I'm tired of hotel rooms and training camps and fight talk and no one and nothing to come home to. I love Lynn. I love a family. They love me. That's all there is, Maestro. I guess that's the crop for any man. Hey, it's... It's getting kind of hot, Maestro. (laughs) Remember, Ricky... Remember the day we first met... Maestro, the steam is getting a little too much. Remember, it was was backstage at the Met. (laughs) He wanted to be a ballet dancer. (laughs) I I must laugh when I think of those days. You had muscle and you had grace and you had power, but (laughs) you didn't know what to do with them. And I, I show you. Not ballot. Years of sacrifice. <coughs> For what? I found you and I... I found the ring and I... I brought the two of you together. And one year, you were near the top. Yes, it was a long year, Ricky, but... But we went through it together. <coughs> Years on. I can't help feeling that your leaving is... Is almost a tragic finale to a... A brilliant ring career. Uh, what? Yes, a tragic finale. And then... <coughs> we got your first fight in New York. <coughs> How nervous you were. Your New York debut. <laughs> Not that to met to the music of... Of Offenbach, Skitty, Parisienne, no. <laughs> but at the Madison Square Garden... 
to the roar of 15,000 throats. Do you remember the, the last thing you said to me before you went into the ring? <laughs> remember? Ricky. Ricky, where are you? Ricky, where... Where are you, Ricky? <coughs> Ricky! 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 Don't leave me here, Ricky! Ricky, come back! Please come back, Ricky! Open the door! Ricky! Don't leave me! Ricky! 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 No! Maestro, I left him in the steam room at the gym. Slipped out on him. I, I couldn't take it. Poor guy's all broken up. He feels like it's, well, what, what he'd call a tragic finale. Mr. He'll and get Mrs. Over Ricky it. Martin, board flight 17, please. Come on, darling, let's go. Closes of Maestro and Man, starring Peter Lorre with Richard Conte. Night's Tale of Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Richard Conte appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of the Technicolor production Wilson. Next Monday, same time, you will hear two distinguished leading ladies, Miss Maureen O'Sullivan and Dame May Whitty. As stars of Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
Stay tuned for The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 at 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, transcribed and starring the entire Nelson family, Ozzie, Harriet, David, and Ricky. What kind of hijinks are going on in the Nelson living room? It looks as if Ozzy's doing some deep sea fishing. Wow, look at that rod bend. It's a strike. Keep his head up, old boy. Now reel him in. Oh, darn it. Got away. What was it? Uh, the screw that holds the reel together. <laughs> Can I untie the line from my waist now? Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for being the fish, Harriet. What time was I supposed to be? Oh, uh, no particular kind. I just wanted to try out the old reel. Is that screw supposed to come out that way and the line get all knotted up? No, no, of course not. Darn thing does it all the time, though. Why don't you get yourself a new one? Well, they cost $18. Oh, look, Ozzy, you're always buying things for the boys and me. I think it's about time you bought something for yourself. Well, maybe. No, maybe. You go down to the Emporium and buy yourself a new reel. Well, hey, what's that? I don't know. Maybe it's the game warden. Have you got a license to catch me? (laughs) Yes, and it's nailed to the lid of your hope chest. What is that hammering? It's coming from the backyard. Look, Thorny's up on our garage roof. Well, what's he doing up there? Thorny! Oz! What are you doing up there? Oz! Thorny, get down from there! Oz! Goodness sake, I better go out and see what he's doing. Thorny! Oz! Thorny, will you stop saying that? What? Hi, Oz! Hi, Thorny. What are you doing up on my garage roof? Now get down from there and don't go up again without my permission. Well, that's a nice way to talk when a guy's fixing your roof. Fixing it? What's wrong with it? Well, didn't you know there was a hole up here? Climb up the ladder and take a look. Where is it? Right here. Oh. Oh, I never noticed it. Next time it rained, your garage would have been flooded. I had a couple of old shingles lying around, and I thought I'd hammer them over. Oh, gee. Well, that's real nice of you, Thorny. I thought so, too. <laughs> There'll be no charge, either. Oh, it's darn nice of you. It's my pleasure, Oz. You know, Thorny, in spite of the fact we have our little disagreements, you really are a wonderful neighbor. True friend, a real pal. Look, Oz, I'm just going to fix the hole in the roof. Don't try to flatter me into doing any plumbing for you. (laughs) No, I mean it. I really appreciate this. Well, don't mention it, Oz. Hey, what do you got there? Your fishing reel? Yeah, the old clunk. I've used this for the last time. I'm going down the Emporium and get myself a new one. You know, one of those sea demons. With the nylon gears? 
I looked at them the other day. They're beauties. Yeah, though they sure are. Hey, I need a new reel, too. Mine's broken beyond repair. Well, why don't you come down there with me and we'll each buy one? Well, I'd love to, Art, but I can't afford to lay out $18. Hey, maybe you'll sell me that one. Oh, no, no, no. It's no, it's no good. The screw comes out of it all the time. Well, I'm pretty handy with a soldering iron. You're pretty handy with a hammer, too. What? Well, you just nailed my coat to the roof. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Harriet? Fixing my roof without being asked or anything. It doesn't sound like Thorny to me. What's he angling for? Well, nothing. Absolutely nothing. It doesn't sound like Thorny to me. Harry, will you stop saying that? Saying what? Doesn't sound like thorny to me. My sentiments exactly. <laughs> Harry, I tell you, you misjudge thorny. What ulterior motive could he possibly have? You know, I ought to do something nice for him to reciprocate and show him how much I appreciate his friendship. Maybe I'll buy him a gift or something. I know, a new fishing reel. He needs one. Well, that's a good idea. And you'll both have new ones. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I thought I'd buy him a new reel, and I'll fix this one up with a little solder or something. Well, why should you do that? Well, Harry, he needs a new reel. Well, so do you. And you'll never be happy with your old one. You see, that's where you're wrong. It always makes you happier when you give somebody something that entails a little personal sacrifice on your part. I don't think I follow you. Remember that time your mother sent you a check for your birthday and... You went down to buy a new handbag, but instead you came back with a cashmere sweater for me? Well, you wanted it, and I enjoyed getting it for you. This is exactly the same thing. I suppose so. Sure, I'll get a lot more pleasure buying Thorny a gift than I would getting it for myself. Hey, Pop, I gotta buy a gift, too. Oh, hello, Rick. Well, who for? I guess you'd be pretty impressed if I told you it was for Zsa Zsa Gabor. <laughs> Well, yes, I would. Well, it isn't. It's for Dennis Martin. He's having a birthday party Saturday. Oh. Well, that reminds me. I better see how your good suit looks. If I remember correctly, the last party you went to, you came back with it covered with chocolate ice cream. I'm sorry, Mom, but did you ever try to juggle a piece of cake, a plate of ice cream, a glass of milk, a cup of hot chocolate, some cookies, and four tangerines? <laughs> well, next time, don't try to grab everything in sight. All I missed was the paper napkins. Uh, what were you planning to get for Dennis, Rick? Well, that brings me to my problem, Pop. Oh, money, hey? You hit the filthy right on the Luger. I thought we agreed you'd save up for a birthday present when I increased your allowance. Well, I did save up. This month I've been birthdayed into bankruptcy. It seems that way. Besides, then came the crash. Oh, playing the stock market pretty heavy? No, sir. My model plane got busted, and I need a new motor. They happen to cost five bucks. Oh, I see. So it's either a new motor for you or a birthday present for Dennis. Yeah, it does work out that way, doesn't it? Well, what are you going to do? That depends on what you're going to do. <laughs> well, Rick, uh, how do things stand between us now? Oh, Fine. I think you're the best pop a boy ever had. No, 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 no. I mean financially. I think you're the best pop a boy ever owed $3 to. Oh, 
three dollars, huh? Is that how much you owe me? No, sir. I've been paying it back a dime at a time. Oh. So how much is it now? Two dollars and ninety cents. <laughs> and now you want to borrow five dollars more? Yes, sir. Let's say you're out of college and you're in business for yourself. You're president of the Ricky Nelson Airplane Company. You need money for a plane motor, and I'm a banker, a total stranger, and you come to me. You're in my office, and I invite you to sit down. Now, like a good businessman, you present your problem. Sir, I... <clears throat> Can I have a cigar? Help yourself, Mr. Nelson. Thank you. Ricky, put that back. <laughs> now, uh, you want to borrow some money for an airplane motor, is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, what assets do you have? Well, I've got a portable radio, a twin bed, an autographed picture of Jaja Gabor, a closet full of junk, and a suit with chocolate ice cream on it. Uh, do you owe any other money? Yes, sir. I owe $2.90 to a kind and generous old man who I'm proud to call my father. I see. Well, in addition to the assets you've described, uh, what income do you have? I get a $2 a week allowance for my family. Think a guy out of college would get more than that, wouldn't you? Well, Mr. Nelson, based on your income and your indebtedness, the bank feels that you're not a very good risk for a loan. Perhaps when you're more solvent, we can discuss the matter again. Good day, Mr. Nelson. Good day. Hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? There are other banks in this town, you know. <laughs> Now, Ricky, I was just trying to show you objectively how a bank would react to lending you money under the present circumstances. Well, it was fun, Pop, but I still need the money. Well, I'm inclined to agree with the bank. You're not a good risk for another loan. I guess I'd better call up Dennis and tell him I can't make the party. Well, you'd rather buy yourself the airplane motor than buy Dennis a present? In a situation like this, something's got to give, and it might as well be Dennis. <laughs> Dennis came to your birthday party and gave you a present. Did his father lend him the money for your present? No, he's got a paper route. He's independently wealthy. You mean he took the money he earned to buy you your present? I guess so. Well, that entailed a sacrifice on his part, didn't it? Yes, sir. Don't you think that calls for some sort of a sacrifice on your part to repay him? Well? I know it's a little difficult to understand, son. But take my word for it. When you sacrifice to give something to someone, it makes the pleasure of giving even greater. When you put it that way, I don't understand it, but I'll do it. Well, there goes that screw again. Pop, instead of getting a new reel for Mr. Thornbury, you're going to get one for yourself. That's what I said. No, I'll be able to repair this. Uh, where's my little screwdriver? I think Ricky was using it. He's trying to fix his airplane motor. Oh, then he is going to buy the present for Dennis. Mm -hmm, that's where he is now. You know, dear, he told me about the discussion you had, and I'm pretty proud of him. Well, in a, in a week or two, I'll... I'll... Oh, hi. Did you get the present? Yeah, I sure did. But they wrapped it as a birthday gift. They even put a lollipop on it. Where's the lollipop? I ate it. <laughs> you want to see what I bought, Dennis? No, no. Don't unwrap it, Ricky. 
I can wrap it up again. No, 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 don't, Rick. I want to see if it'll fit. If it'll fit? What do you mean by that? There. The Super Hurricane Motor. Pretty neat, huh? Now, just a second. Uh, isn't this the kind of motor you wanted? Yeah. Quite a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> Is this the present for Dennis? Oh, sure. See what I wrote on the wrapping? From Ricky. To who? To whom? <laughs> All right, to whom? Want to see how it works, Pop? I'll get some gas. Well, now, just a second, Ricky. If you put gas in it and start it, it'll be used and you won't be able to give it to him. Well, I want to make sure it works. They're all tested before they leave the factory. They might have slipped up on this one. There's a guarantee right in the box. Haven't you got anything to do? <laughs> You're old enough to go out with girls, you know. Uh, Ricky, did you buy this for Dennis or yourself? For Dennis. It sure is a neat motor. You better wrap it up. Can't I keep it open and look at it? You'll help me in fixing my old one. That's almost impossible to fix. Dennis is never going to get that motor. What's the matter? Don't you like girls? Look, now you're... <laughs> Ricky, your mother is right. If you're going to give it to Dennis, you better wrap it up. Okay. Sure was a neat motor. Notice the change of temps? <laughs> Ricky, I know you'd like to keep the motor, but you've only made this tougher on yourself. You could have bought him a tie or a shirt or something. But I don't need a tie or a shirt. You better finish writing out the gift card. Here. Yes, ma'am. There's no ink in this. It's a pencil. I know. To Dennis. D-E-N-U-S. That's not how you spell Dennis. Gosh, now I can't give it to him. Write it on the wrapping paper. Okay. I sure hope he appreciates this. Well, I'm sure he will. You'll be glad you gave it to him. Remember what we said? A gift doesn't mean very much unless it calls for some sacrifice on your part to give it. Well, this is a sacrifice, Pop. Then enjoy it. Someday I'm going to give you something, David, and it won't be any sacrifice. <laughs> Come on, write it out. Mom, I want to ask you a question. Go ahead. How could a kind, generous boy like me have such a cruel, mean brother? You sure there wasn't some mix-up at the hospital? off of Dennis's party, and I was real proud of the way he gave Dennis the present. Aren't you? Oh, oh, yeah. That reminds me. Did you give Thorny his present yet? Uh, well... Uh, What's that behind your back? Oh, this? Oh, uh, this is Thorny's reel. What were you hiding it for? Well, I, I, uh, wanted it to be a surprise. Well, I know what it is. What happened to the wrapping? Oh, it, it came off. <laughs> 
itself? No, I unwrapped it to make sure the reel was inside. You know how department stores are sometimes. Is it inside? Yes, it's inside. That's good. I better show it to you so you won't worry. No, I'm not worried. If you say it's in there, I know it's in there. No, 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 no. Don't take my word for it. Yes, sir, there it is. <laughs> sure is a swell reel. Look, Harriet, nylon gears. That's nice. Got a level wind on it, too. Oh? It's got this anti-backlash adjustment here. Oh, that's great. Real nice reel. Yes, it is. You think Thorny will like it? Because if he doesn't... He'll be crazy about it. <laughs> when are you going to give it to him? Uh, as soon as he comes home. Oh, he is home. His car's in the driveway. No. Well, I don't want to disturb him now. He might be resting or reading the evening paper. No, he's out in the backyard. Why don't you go over and give it to him? No, this isn't a psychological moment, Harriet. I, I can't just rush over and say, here's a real thorny. A shock might be too much. For you or him? <laughs> I want to choose the right time. I want to walk up to him and say... Thorny old pal, you did me a big favor, and I want you to have this reel with the nylon gears, the level wind, and the anti-backlash adjustment as a token of my appreciation. Well, it's a nice commercial, but when will the right time be? Oh, I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> You're going to wear out that wrapping paper. Well, I just want to make sure the reel is in perfect condition. They're all tested at the factory. Well, I want to make sure. There's a guarantee right in the box. Is there? There's always a guarantee with fishing reels and model plane motors. <laughs> well, I, I suppose so. Are you going to give him the reel or aren't you? Well, of course. Hasn't the psychological moment arrived yet? Oh, oh well, did you have a good time at the party? Yes, ma'am. Please notice I didn't get any chocolate ice cream stains on my suit. That's good. These are strawberry. <laughs> Pop, you were right. I got a big kick out of giving Dennis that motor. He really liked oh. it, huh? Yeah. He was so happy he stopped hitting his kid sister. <laughs> Is that a new reel, Pop? Uh, uh, yeah. How did Mr. Thornberry like the one you gave him? Uh, well, uh, this is the, the one I gave him. A give. Uh, uh, gonna give. What are you waiting for, Pop? The psychological moment. The psychological. What's that? When every loophole is exhausted. <laughs> well, you see, uh, Rick, uh, you gave Dennis the motor on his birthday. Now, now that was a psychological moment. Mr. Thormer's just had a birthday. Are you gonna wait until next year? No, 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 of course not. You ought to get on the bomb, Pop. It's a wonderful feeling to give somebody something you really wanted yourself. And with that, we leave you alone with your conscience. <laughs> wrapping or unwrapping, dear? Uh, wrapping. Is the psychological moment here yet, or are you going to wait another week? No, of course not, Harry. I'm going to give it to him today. After all, Thorny did a big favor for me. He did it out of the kindness of his heart, 
with a great deal of personal self-sacrifice. He saw that hole in my roof, he got his ladder, he climbed up on the roof, and he hammered those shingles into place and repaired the damage. Yes, he did, dear. He's a real pal. Harriet, how come he noticed that hole in the roof and I didn't? Well, he's taller than you. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember when I came in and told you what he'd done and you said, what's he angling for? And you convinced me that he did it out of friendship. Doesn't it strike you as a little strange that suddenly I find him up on my roof hammering away? I go out, he starts talking about wanting a new fishing reel. How do you explain that? Well, if I remember correctly, when you went outside, you had your reel with you. Yes, but how did he know I was going to have it with me? Well, I don't know. You see, too much of a coincidence. <laughs> Personally, I think he fixed my roof deliberately. But, dear... Well, after all, how do I know there was a hole in my roof? When I asked him where he got the shingles, he said there were some old ones he had lying around. How do you like that? Hammering some old shingles over some perfectly good ones just to impress me. What a sneaky way to get a new fishing reel out of me. <laughs> That doesn't sound logical to me. Oh, no, I'm going to put him to a little test. I'm going to take this new reel out, and if he says it's just like the one I want, I'll know he planned the whole thing. Why don't you just keep the reel? No, I want to be fair. A man is innocent until proved guilty. Well, tell me what jail he's going to be in. I want to send him some cigarettes. <laughs> Thorny, what are you doing in my garage? Oh, just checking to see if any light shows through the roof. I want to make sure I did a good job with those shingles. Why do you mention that? Well, you asked me what I was doing in your garage, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm looking at the shingles I put up. Why do you keep harping on that? Well, I'm not harping on it. I simply put some shingles There, on. you mentioned it again. Oz, if you don't want me to mention the shingles, I won't mention the shingles. Well, there's no need to. I thanked you, didn't I? Sure. Oz, what have you got a chip on your shoulder for? You're not obligated to me. I'm not. No. Someday you can do something for me. Just what do you mean by that? Nothing. If you feel like doing something, you'll do it. If you don't, don't. Thorny, how come you haven't asked me what's in this package? I'm not nosy. <laughs> don't you want to know what's in it? No. Well, I'll tell you. You don't have to. I'll do better. I'll show you. It's a new reel, a sea demon. Oh, it's a beauty, Oz. You think so? Sure. Stop beating around the bush. Isn't this one like you've always wanted? Yes. I knew it. Well, just for that, you can't have it. So long. <laughs> well, thanks, Catherine. It was good talking to you. Bye. Harriet, I'm going to keep the reel. Oh, did Thorny say the secret word? He certainly did. He's out in the garage looking at the roof. How obvious can you be? And when he saw the reel, he said, that's exactly like the one I want? No, he was too clever for that. He sparred around, finally made me drag it out of him. This will teach him a lesson. I'm going to keep the reel. Now, just a second. I was just talking to Catherine. Probably never was a hole in the roof. Yes, there was. And do you know how it got there? How? Ricky's plane crashed into it and ripped the shingles loose. That's when his motor got broken. Well, then Thorny was covering up for Ricky. Yeah, that's right. Oh, how about that? Fixing the roof to cover up for Ricky. 
Harriet, I'm surprised at you. Here, Thorny does a wonderful thing like that, and you say, what is he angling for? <laughs> Me and my suspicious mind. <laughs> I really can't say Go ahead, Thorny. I want you to know how much I appreciate what you've done. No, no, Oz. I can't take it. Well, if you feel that you shouldn't... I'll take it. <laughs> Look at Thorny out there in the backyard practicing casting. Gives you a nice warm feeling, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. Hiya, Ma. Hiya, Pop. Feast your eyes on this. You got a new motor. Oh! Where'd you get the money? Mr. Thornberry gave it to me. He gave you the money? No, the motor. Now, how about that, Thorny? First, he fixes a hole in my garage roof. Didn't want anything for it. When I want to give him the reel, he didn't want to take it. And then what does he do? He turns around and gives Ricky a brand new motor. He's a real swell guy. He sure is, boy. Maybe there's some way you can show him your appreciation, Ricky. When I get the motor and I'll let him fly the plane. Yes, that'll be a nice gesture. Yeah, but this time I hope he aims it better so he doesn't knock a hole in our garage roof. This is Vern Smith saying tune in again next week for another transcribed adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I present more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.